Well, good morning. Good morning. Refreshed. Uh, after last night, it's more like stuffed. <laughs> last night was absolutely amazing. Uh, that was our first uh, bazaar here at Elm Grove, and I'm looking forward to a bunch of years of that. I think we should do that every month. And Carolyn said amen. And, <laughs> no, it was an amazing night. Got to see a lot of people here around the community and, and visit with a lot of people. And, and then uh, uh, got to, to enjoy some great food as well. So that all of you who attended, uh, and you, you know exactly what I'm talking about. All you who didn't, uh, you missed a great, great meal. And so, uh, but it, it was a great, great time with family. Hey, before I get, go any further and, and dive into the word this morning, uh, from our family to the Elm Grove family, just let me say thank you. Our, our first two or three weeks here have been just absolutely amazing. And you guys have made it just a smooth, smooth transition. Everyone who's been praying for our kids, uh, that was one of our biggest concerns. If you have kids moving school systems and coming to a new school system that we heard abs- that we knew nothing about, we'd heard great things about it, but knew nothing about the ceiling school system, I can say this, it's, it's, it's amazing. And the students, the teachers, the administration has really just embraced our family, and I know it's through your prayers and through the favor of the Lord. So thank you guys so much for all your continued prayers for our family, and we look forward to, to working with you in the future. Amen? Amen. Hey, if you have your Bibles, I'm glad you do. If you have your Bibles, uh, we'll get to them in just a second as we set up this morning. Uh, how many have ever felt inadequate? Inadequate. Anyone ever felt inadequate? I know last night as I looked at my plate, I felt inadequate. I was like, I've got to put this down. I've got to eat everything on this plate. And by the grace of God and through his strength, I accomplished it. Amen. <laughs> Sometimes you just feel inadequate. I know I do. And it's amazing to me how quickly I can feel inadequate. Um, I remember when we were pastoring over in Sepulpa, we pastored a church over there, June Rose Assembly of God. And we had this lady in our church. Her name was Susan. And as we, Susan was a, a friend of ours, and we'd go over to her house every now and then. And as you went into Susan's house... She had one of those homes, as soon as you walk through the front door, like there was just this beautiful heavenly aroma that just hit your face. And a lot of times she had uh, uh, some sweet apple pie scents going throughout the house. How many know what I'm talking about? And when you walk in, you're like, I'm home, right? I mean, you just just take a big whiff and, and you get hungry real quick. And man, her house was always immaculate. When you walked into her home, everything was just perfect. Everything was, and then you walked in and you just had this, this apple pie, she, she, this uh, scentsy candles or something like that. I'm a man, I know nothing about that stuff, all right? But she had these candles and things just, and it just filled the air and you'd walk in, you'd be like, man, it smells so good in here. So I went home and you know what I decided? I'm going to make my house smell like that, Right? And it's because when you walked into to, to our, our, our home, you know, it, it didn't smell like apple pie. You know, we, we had kids. It smelled like laundry. How many know what I'm talking about? You know? And so we so I, I go and I, you know, go to Walmart, go to wherever, and buy all these candles, and we put candles everywhere because my house is going to smell like Susan's. 
I was inadequate. It didn't. <laughs> no matter what we tried, you know, we, you, could, you just couldn't get your house to smell like Susan's. And I just felt inadequate that I couldn't get my house smelling like Susan's. I know that's silly, but that's just how it was. It just wouldn't work. Maybe you're here this morning, you're a student. Your best friend is smart, and you study till your brains hurt. You make B's and C's, and your, your friend doesn't study for a moment, and they make A's. And you think, how many have that friend? Yeah. How many are that friend? Yeah, well, who's the smarty pants in the play? All right, awesome. And you just think, what's wrong with me, right? I, st- I study my brains out. And I get B's and C's, and you don't even open a book, and you, you ace this thing. Why don't I measure up? Sometimes maybe you're around those super Christians. You know what I'm talking about? You just bring up something. You know, hey, did you watch the ball game today? Yeah, I did, and that reminds me of 2 Chronicles 12, 14. <laughs> and then they quote it. And you're like, how would you do that? 2 Chronicles, is that even a book in the Bible? <laughs> I guess it is. I think it is. And then they pray, and they're, they're like, you know, they, maybe they ask you to pray. And you're like, I, you know, I can't pray like you. I don't want to, I can't do that. And they're like, no, just go ahead and pray. And you're like, all right, bow your heads, rub-a-dub-dub, thanks for the grub, amen. <laughs> right? Right. And you're like, I feel so inadequate. I feel so inadequate. If you have ever felt that way, let me tell you, this man behind this pulpit can totally relate. Can totally relate to that. I've always felt like I had to prove myself by trying to perform to certain standards because, to be honest, for a large portion of my life, I never felt good enough. Me and my father, man, my dad is one of my best friends. But growing up, my dad was very, very performance-driven, very performance-driven. And he'd stand here and tell you today that, you know, he made some mistakes. I'm not one of them, <laughs> Right? <laughs> I just want to get that clear. I can see the wheels turning some of your head. Obviously, he did. But he, he would tell you there's, there's some words. There's some, some things, some, what he thought was encouragement, and what, some things that he said into my life that, that really put a lot of pressure. And, and some of the things that he told me, son, if you're going to do something, you might as well not. He didn't say try your best. He said you might as well be the best. You might as well be the best. And with that come a lot of pressure. And I, I accepted that. And then when it comes to ac- academics, I always wanted to be the best in my class. And, and then when it came to sports, to football and basketball and baseball, I always wanted to be the best. And I had to be the best. And if I wasn't the best, I felt inadequate. I, I played baseball and basketball. I tried football once. And they gave me the ball. And I quickly found out the ball was what was attracting the other players to hit me. <laughs> and I decided I didn't want that ball anymore. And so we played basketball and we played baseball and with academics and with FFA, my dad being the ag teacher, he was the, the, the VOAC teacher and, and you know, and always, I, I just felt this pressure to be the best, not to try my best, but to be the best. How many know there's a difference? Yeah. Yeah. Yes, sir. And I can never, I'll, I'll, I'll never forget the moment I probably felt the most inadequate. And that's when we, uh, we had our firstborn. J.D., well, Jenny had him, but I was there in the room. <laughs> and as I sat there holding J.D. for the very first time, he was just a few minutes old, and, 
in my mind, I'm, I'm thinking, do I have what it takes to be a father? Do I have what it takes? I, I'm thinking back, and I'm going, man, sometimes I forget to feed the dog, right? <laughs> you give me a houseplant, I will kill that houseplant in a moment, right? We're, I'm not, and, and so now we have a child to take care of. There's a human being that I am responsible for, and I just had this overwhelming sense of inadequacy. I, I don't know if I can do this. And now you wouldn't believe how inadequate I felt as being a pastor. I mean, from day one, I, I felt I wasn't good enough. I wasn't holy enough. I didn't know enough. There were people who had been saved longer than I'd been alive, right? And so I, I don't know if I can do this. I don't know if I, if I can handle this. I, I felt overwhelming inadequacy in my life. So why do we all battle these feelings of inadequacy? Why do we battle this? Well, let me just build a, a quick foundation here, and, and we're going to look at the story of Gideon, and we're going to help through his life and through his story to become everything that God has called us to become. But how many say, you know what, I feel inadequate. There's areas in my life right now I feel inadequate. Let me show you this clip real quick of Michael Jr. Michael Jr. is a Christian comedian, uh, does a lot of uh, services down at Gateway Church, and I just want to show you this clip just to let you know, I think everybody at some point feels inadequate. Check it out. We all feel inadequate from time to time. So why do we all battle these feelings of inadequacy? Well, let me throw three things at you real quick here this this morning. I I see three quick reasons. I know there's more, but I see three quick reasons. And so these are the top three, and I just want to hit on these this morning. Number one, somewhere in our life we've received unfair criticism. Maybe somewhere along our life, we've received unfair criticism. Somewhere in your life, some, at some point, someone has told you maybe something like you don't measure up. You don't have what it takes. Maybe someone has walked out on you. Someone has said, I don't like you. I don't love you. You're never going to amount to anything. I wish you were more like so-and-so. And internally, those messages have been burned on the hard drive of your mind. And any time that you want to do anything or any time you want to accomplish anything significant, we hear those old messages that are replayed over and over and over again in our mind. And they tap into our inner self and it reminds us, I'm not capable of this. I'm not good enough. I'm not good enough. We've received unfair criticism. Or maybe number two, we've received unfair criticism or we've received unrealistic uh, uh, compliments unrealistic compliments now what do I mean by this well you're the best you're amazing you're as good as it gets how many have ever heard that and inside I'm just going to be really real with you this morning okay inside we're going yeah but you don't know the real me you are so incredibly awesome man I wish I could believe that But you don't know the real me. I'm not that good. And as I work with with young people, it's it's. uh, I think we've done. Can I I just be real? Is is that okay? Me and Pastor, okay. (laughs) No one else said okay. Everyone's like, you better watch it, boy. (laughs) I think sometimes we've done a real disservice to a generation because we've told a generation you are good at everything. Now hear me out. 
Remember back in the day when you actually had to be good at something to win an award? Remember that? You had to win to get a trophy? And now we show up and we hand out trophies out before the game's even played. And we want everyone to play the game feeling like a winner. Come on, somebody. And, and so, so now we, we, we've got a generation, and I'm, I'm, I'm just being honest with you. We've got a generation that we've told, you are amazing, you're the best, and man, everything you do is, is awesome. And internally, this generation is feeling like uh, people don't know who I really am. And so people don't know who I really am. I don't feel that good. Here's where people think I am, and here's where I know I am. And we've got a whole generation, can I be real, that's paralyzed by fear. Because we have told them, you are so good at everything you do. We, you're so good at everything. And, and so they're thinking, I'm not good enough. And, and, and here's where people think I am, and here's where I really am. And so I, I can't step out and accomplish anything, because what if I fail? What if I mess up? What if I fail? And, and they feel incredibly, as you speak to, to, to many in this generation, they feel incredibly inadequate because they don't want to let people down. They don't want to let people down. And so and I'm not, listen, don't, don't take this wrong. Don't walk out of here and look at your son or daughter and say, well, you just stink. Right? I'm just, I'm just doing what the preacher said. No, that's not what I'm saying at all. Right? That's not what I'm saying at all. But we, 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 we've created this gap. We, we've received un, unfair criticism or we've received unrealistic uh, compliments. And so we've created this gap where, where, where a lot of our students, not, not all of them, but a lot of our students are just paralyzed by this fear because they think, okay, everyone thinks I'm good at this. Everyone thinks that I can do no wrong. Everyone thinks that, 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 that I am awesome. Everyone thinks that this and this and this. And, and so I won't even step out and try because if I try and I mess up, they will know that I'm not where they think I am. And that's why we as a church, we've got to be a safe place. We've got to be a safe place where we challenge our students and we encourage our students, step out and try it. And if you mess up, then let's do something else. Let's try something different. But step out. There is a huge safety net underneath Elm Grove Community Church for our young people to step out and try awesome things for God with the expectation you do your best. And when you do your best, God will do the rest. Amen? Raise your right hand. I still love, say it with me, Pastor Jared. All right, thank you. (laughs) Does everybody understand? Does everybody hear my heart on that? Okay. A third reason that's becoming even more common. If your neighbor did not raise their hand and did not repeat that, write their name down, put it on the prayer list next week, okay? And put out beside it what they did so we can all pray specifically for them. A third reason. We've, We've received unfair criticism. Maybe we've received unrealistic compliments, or a third thing is maybe we have received unwise comparisons. 
we look at other people around, we think, you know what, I'm just not like that. I'm, I'm not like them. I'm, I'm not, man, I'm, I'm, I'm not like that. I'm, I'm not as intelligent as that person. I'm, I can't sing like that person. I can't lead like that person. I can't speak like that person. I can't do, I can't cook like her. I can't sew like her. I can't get my house to smell like that. <laughs> right? And so we have these unwise comparisons. I read an article not too long ago that said social media is now one of the greatest causes of the feeling of inadequacy. Social media. Because we upload our picture of our dinner, of our peanut butter jelly sandwich and cheese puffs. Right? Nothing wrong with that, people. Come on. (laughs) Peanut butter is going to be on the marriage supper of the lamb. (laughs) With some Mexican food, too. Not together. That might not, that might not go where, but but we upload our, our picture of our peanut butter and jelly sandwich and our cheese puffs, and then a couple hours later we're scrolling through Facebook and we see our friend's picture of their steak and chicken sitting on the beach in Hawaii. Right? They're on vacation. We're like, our life stinks. Right? This is horrible. I'm sitting on the back porch eating peanut butter and jelly and cheese puffs, and they're on a beach in Hawaii eating steak and chicken. What's wrong with me? What's wrong with this life? And what we do is we compare our other people's highlight reels to our behind the scenes. We compare their highlight reels to our behind the scenes. We look at their highlight reels of someone else's life, and we know our behind the scenes. We know what's going on behind the scenes in our life. We, we see their kids, and they take the nice little family pictures. Come on, I'm preaching real good now. They take the, you know, and all, the, all their kids, their hair is parted perfect, and they're all smiling, and they're all saying cheese, and their, their family portrait is just beautiful, and they put it on Facebook, and, you know, so proud of my family. Hashtag, my family's better than yours, right? And we know, so we know that that's their highlight reel. You know those kids don't wake up looking like that every morning. But that's their highlight reel. But we, and we see that. But then we go home and we know that we just sent our kids to school and they didn't have matching socks. And we're trying to remember, did little Jimmy even brush his teeth this morning? And the little Susie, did we even comb her hair? And what in the world is up with little Junior? He's wearing the same shirt for the third straight day. And so we see, we see the highlight reels of other people's life and we know our behind the scenes and we do these, these, these unwise comparisons and we feel very, very inadequate and suddenly our mind starts telling us, you're just not good enough. You're not a good enough mom. You're not a good enough dad. You're not a good enough grandma. You're not a good enough grandpa. If you were, your kids would be on the beach in Hawaii eating steak and chicken. And that's when you say, no, no, devil. <laughs> My kids are lucky to have peanut butter and cheese tonight. Cheese. I know, peanut butter and jelly. Hey, peanut butter and cheese, if that's your, you go for it, whatever. So I want to look at this story. I want to look at Gideon. That's just all introduction. We're just having fun. And I want to look at Gideon chapter, excuse me, Judges chapter 6. If you hear me say Gideon chapter 6, you need to run out of here because that's not in the Bible. (laughs) Judges chapter 6. And we're going to be looking at verses 11 through 16, and I just want to take a look at this. 
It says this. It says, Then the angel of the Lord came and sat beneath a great tree at Ophrah, which belonged to Joash the Abizarite. Gideon, son of Joash, was threshing wheat at the bottom of a wine press to hide the grain from the Midianites. Now, press the pause button right there. What was Gideon doing? Now, anyone responsible threshes wheat out somewhere up high so that when they throw it up, the wind can blow the chaff away and the purest of wheat would fall and be left. Okay? And yet Gideon was in a wine press. Now, what's a wine press? A hole. He's in a hole and he's hiding because he's afraid of his enemies, the Midianites. He was terrified of the enemy. And this is what the angel of the Lord said to him in verse 12. The angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon and said, Mighty hero. The NIV says warrior. Mighty hero. Mighty warrior. The Lord is with you. Now, if I'd have been there, I'd have called it like a salt. Hey, you big scaredy cat. God's with you. Right? But that's not what he says. The angel appears and says, mighty hero, mighty warrior, the Lord is with you. The Lord saw something in Gideon that Gideon did not see in himself. We're going to preach that in just a second. Verse 13, sir, Gideon replied, if the Lord is with us, why has all this happened to us? And where are all the miracles of our ancestors that they told us about? By now the Lord has abandoned us and handed us over to the Midianites. And the Lord turned to him and said, Go with the strength that you have and rescue Israel from the Midianites. I am sending you. Now in verse 15, we're going to see that whenever God calls you, empowers you, leads you to do something, your enemy will always tell you what you are not. What you are not. Gideon says this, But Lord, how can I rescue Israel? My clan is the weakest in the whole tribe of Manasseh, and I am the least in my entire family. We may say it like this, God Why'd you call me to do that? I'm not talented enough to do that. God, why'd you ask me to do that? You know I can't speak in front of people. God, why are you calling me to go talk to that person? You know I get nervous when you ask me to witness. God, why are you asking me to do this? You know I'm just not comfortable in that situation. I, I haven't done everything that they've done. I haven't studied everything that they've studied. I, 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 don't, I don't look like him. I don't look like her. I don't talk like that. I don't sing like that. I'm not talented like that. And that inner me message tries to tell you what you cannot do when God is trying to tell you who he already made you to be. Verse 16. Are y'all ready to preach? I'm ready to shout, spit, snort, and buck. We're going to have fun. Verse 16. The Lord answered with the key to the whole message. The Lord said, I will be with you. And you will destroy the Midianites as if you were fighting against one Man, when God said that, oh, buddy, I would have took out, I would have stopped and grabbed me an icy on the way. Everything was going to be okay. Three things that you need to know. Three things real quick that you need to know from the story of Gideon. The first thing, when your mind voices to you those messages of your insecurity and your inadequacy, number one, remember, God's view of you is different than you think. God's view of you is different than you think. I promise you, God sees more in you than you see in yourself. In verse 12, the angel of the Lord appears to Gideon who's hiding. Everything about Gideon's actions says, I am afraid. But the Lord says, I am with you, what? Mighty warrior. 
I am with you, mighty warrior, mighty hero. God sees more in you than you see in yourself. I love the way that Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10 puts it. It says, the Bible says, for we are God's masterpiece. He created us anew in Christ Jesus so that we can do the good things that he prepared for us long ago. Do you realize that long before you were ever born, God had a heavenly to-do list with your name on it, and God created you with everything in you to do everything that he's called you to do? He did it. God's view of you is different than you think. Everyone say that. God's view of me is different than I think. Look at your neighbor and say, God's view of you is different than you think. Number two, God has given you more than you think. God's given you more than you think. Verse 14, I love what God says to Gideon. Go take a class. Get ready for this calling. No, that's not what he says. He says, go in the strength you already have. Go in the strength you already have. There are some here this morning that all you hear is that negative message. I can't do this. I can't lead this ministry. I, I, I can't help out in this area. I, I just don't measure up. I'm not good enough. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not what people expect. I want you to know not only does God view, view of you different than you think, but God has given you more than you think. There is more inside of you than you even know is there. You have everything you need to do everything that God's already called you to do. I love what the scripture says. This is so powerful. 2 Peter 1.3. It says, by his divine power, God has given us everything we need to live, uh, everything we need for living a godly life. It's already in you. Look at your neighbor and say, it's already in you. It's already in you. And number three, this will set us free. Are you ready? We're going to shout and wave hankies and everything on this one. It's less about you than what you think. Mm. It's less about you than what you think. Come on, if you've got a hanky, wave it. There's a hanky waving church. Every one of you, you need to come and grab a napkin or, or a tissue before the service so you can wave it. It's less about you than what you think. I love this. I love this. I love this. I love this. This is what the Lord said to Gideon in verse 16. He says, I will be with you and you will strike all the Midianites down. I will be with you. Now, I told you earlier I feel very inadequate to be a pastor. I, I know my behind the scenes. And it's, isn't it funny, we don't put our behind the scenes on Facebook either. Right. You know, we don't put, hey, today, I was really tired, so I didn't even read my Bible. Right. Right. <laughs> Can I just be real? Yeah. Right. Today, man, today was so busy. Didn't even talk to the Lord today. Yeah. Hashtag oops. Right? I know my behind the scenes. And, and, and man, I, I wake up sometimes feeling like I'm not good enough. I'm not good enough to pastor. I, I, I know the things that are in my past. I know the things that, that God has, has brought me out of. And that's, that's key. He's brought me out of that. But for some reason, don't we have a hard time trying to forget what he's brought us out of? 
We like to hold on to that like it's part of our identity. It was of that old man, but not this new man that's been created in Christ. And so now we, 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 I wake up battling this sometimes. I, if I can just be honest with you, and the good news is, is, is it's less about me than what I think. It's less about me. And here's what I do. Every time I preach, even this morning, man, I, I've got to get alone. I've got to get alone. I've got to pray. Because when, when I preach, I, I feel inadequate to stand behind this pulpit. But I understand it's really not about me. It's about him. This really isn't about me. It's about him. And when I step into his calling, I step into his strength. And when I step into his calling, I step into his power. And when I step into his calling, I step into his goodness. And when I step into his calling, I step into his grace. Why? Because it's less about me than what I think. It's all about him. And he said, I will go with you. I will take care of you. I will be with you. I will give you strength. I will give you power. It's not about you. It's about me working in you. Woo! Sorry. Yes! <laughs> Even the mic couldn't take that one. It's less about me than what I think. You are not who others say you are. You are not who that inner me says you are. You are who God says you are. And you are his masterpiece. You're his masterpiece, the Bible says. You were created in Christ Jesus to do good works that he prepared for you long ago. So this morning, I challenge you, lay down that inadequacy at the altar. Lay it down. When you kneel down, you sacrifice that before God. And when you stand up, you realize, I am who God says I am. I can do what God says I can do. I can have what God says I can have. I can be who God says I can be. And I'm going to go where God says I can go. I'm going to conquer what God says I can conquer. Come on, somebody. I can be that. Why? Because it's less about me than what I think. It's more about him. It's him working in and through me. God's view of you is different than what you think. God's given you more than what you think. And it's less about you than what you think. Isn't that good news this morning? It's good news. It's really all about Him. And I've read the Bible from Genesis to Revelation. From index to concordance. And I can tell you this, God has never failed mankind one time. And he's not going to start with me. And he's not going to start with you. Amen. Will you stand your feet with me this morning? Praise your name. This morning as you're standing, I'm going to ask you to bow your heads and close your eyes today. As we're here this morning, I'm, I'm guessing that probably most of us can relate to this, if not all of us. For me, growing up, it's the performance. Am I going to live up to the expectations of my dad? 
Am I going to live up to the expectations of my coaches? Am I going to live up to the expectations of my teachers? Can I do it? Can I do it? For others, it's, it was more internal. I don't like the way I look. I don't like the way I act. I'm teaching this class. I'm leading this study. I'm singing in the choir. I'm singing on the worship team. I'm helping with this ministry. I'm leading this department. I'm pastoring. And man, I don't feel godly enough. I don't feel good enough. There's some here this morning who God has called you into ministry. He's called you to, to help out with this local body, to get involved and to maybe teach or to lead or to, to help out with the department. But the enemy has lied to us. The enemy has said, you're not good enough. Leave those talents alone until you can get your life squared away, until you can get your life straightened out. And we walk around with this huge sense of inadequacy thinking that we've got to live up to everyone else's expectations. And I'm just here to point this out this morning. That is a lie from the pit of hell. It's a lie. And this morning, I just want to encourage you. I want to encourage you. God is with you. He is with you. And he's going to work in you. And he's going to work through you. In fact, he's doing it right now because that tug at your heart. You realize God's already working in me in this moment. Some of you this morning, maybe you haven't gave your heart, your life to Jesus Christ. Or maybe you know you're not living the life that you need to live. You know that you are running from the Lord. Maybe you once knew him. Maybe you once had a, a great relationship with him. But right now you, you are running because you feel inadequate. I just can't live this Christian life. I, I just can't do what, what others expect me to do. Listen, it's not about them. It's about him. And so this morning, I just want to encourage you, don't let that lie trick you, and don't let that lie fool you, and don't let that lie cause you to stumble. This morning, there is freedom in this house, and you can turn your heart to Christ. You can turn your life to Christ. You can give it to Christ. He wants you. He accepts you. He desires you. You are the apple of his eye this morning. Pastor Jared, I'm just not good enough. I can't do it. Yes, you can. But again, it's not about their expectations. It's about Him living in you. So maybe you're here this morning and that's your prayer. You'd say, Jared, I, I, I feel that. I just don't feel like I can live this life as a Christian. And so I've strayed, I've ran, I've gotten away. And this morning, I want to rededicate my life. Or maybe you want to give your life to Christ for the very first time. That's awesome. And that's why we're here. If that's you and you say, yeah, I want to rededicate my life or I want to give my life to Christ for the very first time, will you slip your hand up on the count of three? One, two, three. Anybody in this place? Raise your name. Raise your name. Maybe you're here this morning. You would say, Jared, I just feel inadequate. 
I feel inadequate. Maybe it, it involves getting involved here in the local church. I feel inadequate. I feel inadequate to lead. I feel inadequate. I just feel the Holy Spirit saying that there's a father here, there's a dad here, that, that your, your desire is to lead your family. Your desire is to lead that marriage and lead your, your family, but you just feel inadequate in that role. You feel like, look, I, I just don't know enough. I'm, I'm not that guy yet. And so you're, you're very hesitant to step forward and to step out and to grab hold of that mantle. I want you to know this morning that God has called you to that place. God's called you to that place. And you can do it. And we don't have to be perfect. Come on, get the pressure off. We don't have to be perfect. We just got to strive toward the one who was perfect. And so this morning, maybe that's you, Dad, or, or maybe there's a mom here, and, and you look at all the other kids, and you look at all the other marriages, and you're like, man, I, we just don't measure up. It's not about them. It's about him. We're making unwise comparisons. Or maybe there's, there's other things that are going on in our life, and we're just making these unwise choices as we look at everyone else, and we make this comparison with everyone else. And we feel inadequate. We feel so inadequate. Maybe it's at your job. You feel so inadequate. In your marriage, you feel inadequate. Within your family, you feel inadequate. I hope this morning, I hope this message has brought freedom to you. I hope this message, I hope it takes root in your life and it springs forth new life in your life. And I want you to know, man, it's not about them. It's about him. And this morning, he wants to do something incredible in our life and set us free. If that's you and you would answer to any one of those, or maybe they're just something else, the Holy Spirit's targeted your life this morning, and you felt inadequate. And this morning, man, you, you just want that gone, and you want to be free in Jesus Christ. Will you slip your hand up right now? Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hands up all over the place. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Father, this morning, we come before you. And God, you see those who say, I do battle these feelings of inadequacy. God, I pray this morning that we would choose to lay these down at your altar. God, that we would decide I am not who others say I am. I'm not trying to live up to the expectation of everyone else. I'm just trying to live a life that is meaningful to you. God, I don't want to become someone who... who who I don't even know who I am. God, I want to become everything that you've created me to be. God, I want to become everything that you made me to be, that you are developing me to be. And so, Father, to do that this morning, we've got to lay down that inadequacy, and we've got to say, you know what? God, here it is. I'm not walking this life with, with this anymore. I'm not walking with this burden anymore. I'm choosing to lay it down. I'm choosing to give it up. And God, I'm choosing to pick up the freedom of Jesus Christ, to pick up the liberty that I can find only through the power, through the blood, through the resurrection of a man named Jesus. And so this morning, God, I, I pray for every student here this morning. I pray for every, every father, every mother, every husband, every wife, every grandma, every grandpa, God, every individual who said, yeah, that, that's me. I feel so inadequate to do what God has called me to do. But Father, this morning, I thank you that, that your strength is invading their life as we speak. 
speak. God, that your power is manifesting in their life, God. And God, that that inadequacy, that that feeling of I'm not good enough will be gone and it will be replaced with the thought, with the knowledge, with the truth that I am all he says I am. And so, Father, I pray this morning that you would encourage hearts and lives. I pray this morning that through the power of the Holy Spirit, God, that, 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 God, your love would just draw us near and closer into you. And, Father, I thank you. I thank you, God. God, that there are great things that await. There are great things that are in store for this body, for this congregation, God, for this family. And, Father, we will, as individuals and as a family, accomplish everything that you have set out for us to accomplish. And we will do it not in ourselves, but by the power that works in us. And God, I thank you for that. And I ask your blessing on every heart and life this morning. And we do this today in the matchless, priceless name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Amen. Come on, if you receive that, put your hands together this morning.